welcome to the second episode of the Telco Talks podcast series, focusing on topical issues in the telecommunications industry. I'm Dipti Govind, a technical accounting manager in the PwC South African practice, and I will be your host. Our aim is to keep you up to date with key accounting and business issues in the telecommunications industry. In this episode, we are going to be discussing an important consideration in lease arrangements, being the unit of account in terms of IFRS 16 leases. Joining me in this episode is Tamesha Chetty, a technical accounting manager specializing in the telecommunications industry in our PwC South African practice. Welcome to the podcast series, Tamesha. Hi, Dipti. Thank you. I'm very excited to be part of the podcast series. Perhaps to kick off, can you explain when assessing leases, why the unit of account is important? In our last episode, it was explained that an arrangement contains a lease if it conveys the right to control an identified asset for a period of time. If we have determined what that identified asset is, surely that is the only unit of account? That's a great question to start off with, Dipti. You're quite right. One of the aspects to consider is whether an arrangement contains a lease, and in doing so, assess whether there's an identified asset. However, considering the unit of account is important because this first needs to be determined before applying the lease evaluation framework. So before we even get to whether an arrangement contains a lease, and if there's an identified asset, we first need to look at what is the unit of account. By incorrectly identifying the unit of account, this could impact the conclusions reached and therefore the resulting accounting model applied. Examples always work well. So is there an example that you can share with our listeners to illustrate this concept of determining the unit of account and where this would be applicable? Of course. So determining what the unit of account is may not be relevant in all scenarios. However, let's take land easements for example. So a land easement is basically the right to use, access, or cross another entity or person's land for a specified purpose. For example, a telco operator wants to construct a cell phone tower on a piece of farmland. However, in order to construct and access the tower, it will also need to build a road leading to the tower. The road will also need to be used by the farmer and others accessing the farm in addition to the telco operator. The telco operator therefore has, a, has to obtain the permission or the right to use the land to build the road and construct a tower on the farmer's land. So easements may involve rights to construct assets on the surface of the land, such as the cell phone towers that I've just mentioned. These are land or surface rights, or they could be rights that are below the surface of the earth. For example, laying cable underground, these are your subsurface or underground rights. So, Another example of where the unit of account may be applicable is space allocated to a network operator on a cell phone tower. The network operator could be granted different rights in terms of space on the tower. So in my understanding, if we look at a land easement arrangement that involves surface and subsurface rights, then one would not look at these together, but rather needs to assess whether the unit of account would be applicable to each of these rights separately. That's correct, Tipti. In assessing what the unit of account is in these types of arrangements, it's important to note that the unit of account will depend on the nature of the use right, such as whether it is a surface, land, air, or subsurface rights. 
and it may be impacted by whether different rights are granted for different parts of the property. So in some instances, a lessee may obtain the right to access a piece of land, that is the right to build a road on the farm, as I mentioned earlier, and they may also have additional rights to a portion of that land. For example, it may have exclusive access to a part of the property where it has the right to construct certain assets, such as the cell phone tower. Arrangements in which the lessee has different rights to different portions of the property, such as surface and subsurface rights, may include more than one unit of account. One could therefore say, if there is more than one unit of account identified, each one would then need to be individually evaluated to determine if it represents a lease under IFRS 16. That's correct, Dipti, and it may be useful to keep in mind some of the factors in the IFRS 16 evaluation pertaining to lease land easements. So these are, firstly, is the unit of account explicitly scoped out of IFRS 16? And in determining whether an easement conveys the right to control the use of identified asset, the party should consider whether there are specific provisions of the contract. So for example, is the operator's access rights exclusive or is there shared rights? And if there are any landowner substitution rights? Before you continue, could you perhaps expand a bit more on what is meant by exclusive or shared rights? Sure. So let's take a contract where an operator may have the right to lay a cable underground, and this will be underneath farmland. The cable is buried, so it will not block access to the farm, nor will it prevent use to uh, use of the farmland. So the contract gives shared rather than exclusive use of the land. If an arrangement conveys the right to control the exclusive use of an identified asset, then the lease uh, the contract contains a lease in accordance with IFRS 16. However, if an agreement provides for shared use, then one will need to evaluate the rights of each party and whether these are, are substantive. So then we would need to consider who is able to make the relevant decisions about how the asset is used and also determine whether then the lessee obtains substantially all of the economic benefits from such shared use and therefore whether it has the ability to control the use of the identified asset. Thanks, Damesha. That has been quite insightful. And I'm sure that our listeners now have a much better understanding of why the unit of account is important. I must say, I found it interesting when you mentioned that arrangements could involve subsurface rights, and these could potentially be a lease. Who would have thought that you could lease space under the ground? It is very interesting. The International Financial Reporting Interpretations Committee, or EFRIC for short, actually recently received a request about a particular contract for subsurface rights. In this request, there was a pipeline operator, which is the customer, obtains the right to place a pipeline in an underground space for a 20-year period of use in exchange for consideration. The contract in the request specifies the exact location and the dimensions, such as the path the width, the depth of the underground space within which the pipeline will be laid. So the landowner retains the right to use the surface of the land above the pipeline, but it does not have the right to access or change the use of the underground space throughout that 20-year period of use. The customer has the right to also then perform inspection and repairs and maintenance work, including replacing any damaged sections of the pipeline, for example. This IFRIC discussion sounds familiar. It was asked as to whether IFRS 16, IAS 38 intangible assets, or another IFRS standard applies in accounting for these types of contracts. 
See, you're quite on top of the topical issues, Dipti. Yes, that is true, and it was basically concluded that the specified underground space in this request is tangible and physically distinct. So in the same way that a specified area of space on a land surface would be physically distinct. The fact that the contract specifications include the path, the width, and the depth of the pipeline, this defines a physically distinct underground space. It was also observed that the pipeline operator has the right to obtain substantially all of the economic benefits from the use of such underground space and also has the right to direct the use of the underground space throughout that 20-year period of use. The committee concluded in the contract that was described in the request that this was a lease as defined in IFRA 16. So taking what you've said and linking that back to the discussion on unit of account, would there be any other unit of account considerations in such subsurface type arrangements that you can share? Yes, there most definitely are unit of account considerations in these types of arrangements. When the dimensions such as the path, the width, the depth, etc. are specified in the contract, for example, in the case of a telco operator laying cable underground, that specified space would be the identified asset. So it really depends on how specific the contract is. So if the customer, sorry, if the contract is not that specific, it could end up being that there is actually no lease to account for. Thanks, Samesha. So moving on from land easements and subsurface rights and onto a more technological side, 5G seems to be on top of everyone's mind. I do understand that due to new wireless technological developments such as 5G, telco operators often enter into arrangements with other businesses and municipalities to use portions of their infrastructure, such as streetlights, bus shelters, traffic lights, etc., to deploy small cell equipment. I'm assuming that this is also an area in which the unit of account discussions would be relevant. Yes, most definitely. And perhaps before we get into the unit of account discussion, I can quickly just explain small cell equipment and how this works. So small small cells allow telcos to expand on its existing macro cell side network to increase their capacity and network coverage gaps in certain markets. So your macro cell sites are usually your towers, your masts, and and antennas. Similar to a macro cell site, small cell agreements contain the right to place antenna and radios on existing non-telco infrastructure, such as your bus shelters and traffic lights. That definitely helps in understanding small cell technology. Taking that into account, if a small cell is placed on a traffic light, for example, would you consider the traffic light as a whole to be the unit of account or just the spot on the traffic light where the small cell is placed? That's a good question and it's actually quite a topical discussion at the moment. There are different perspectives as how this can be looked at. From a US GAAP perspective, one of the considerations is to consider what is the primary purpose of that non-telco specific infrastructure. So for example, if we take the traffic light, what is the primary purpose that that traffic light serves? From an IFRS perspective, with a view to the discussions of the IFRIC and its final agenda decision about the unit of account relating to the subsurface rights that we just spoke about, we believe that this could also affect the small cell issue and that the unit of account under IFRS could be interpreted as the place where that technical device is deployed and therefore not the asset as a whole. Thank you, Tamesha, for your insights on the unit of account considerations, which has given our listeners much to think about and consider. We look forward to you joining us again.
Our listeners can tune into the next Talco Talks podcast where we will discuss topical issues on lease term under IFRS 16. Thank you, Deputy.